It's early morning. I'd say maybe 7.15 a.m. The sky is misty. There aren't any clouds in the sky, but there's mist hovering over the ground. And the sun is shining in the east, raising above the horizon. And I'm parked outside of my old high school. I guess it's a Friday. I don't know. It feels like the end of a week. As I've always done, I slowly back my vehicle into a parking space near the back of the parking lot so I don't hit anybody. And I get out. I don't have a book bag on me. Not at first. But I get out of my vehicle and close the door. And I'm walking past other students. I'm walking past other cars and vehicles coming to drop off more students in the front. It's any old day, really. Um, Nothing special is happening in my mind. Anyway, I'm just going to school like I always do. Except I'm in my 20s. (laughs) I'm recognizably in my 20s. At least college age. Early 20s, though. Maybe 21, 22. And I walk into the school like there's nothing wrong with this picture. I'm in the hallways walking around. I think I'm talking to some of my cousins. I don't know. It's just regular banter. Students that I know that I've known for years are walking past me. The same people I grew up with in pre-K all the way up through elementary school and middle school and now in high school. All of these faces I've known for years I'm walking with them, around them, past them, heading to class. I want to say it was calculus. (laughs) I know it was math or science related. And then somehow I get wind that the midterm is today. And I'm like, (laughs) midterm? Wait a minute. I don't even remember going to this class (laughs) for the life of me. I'm sitting and I'm thinking like, wait, I have not attended this class all damn semester. And now we're at midterms. (laughs) As soon as I know I have to walk into this classroom, you saying I got to take a test. I don't know. And somehow in my mind, I am trying to cram a half a semester's worth of information in order for me to take this midterm for a class that I don't even remember attending. And I am doing my best, just flipping through the textbook trying to find notes, just trying my damnedest to think about how I cannot fail this class. I've never failed a class. 
I've never made anything less than a B my entire school career. And somehow in my mind, I think that if I just study cram as hard as I can, then perhaps (laughs) that'll make up for all the missed work, missed classes, perhaps missed homework that I just forgot to do so that I don't fail. I don't think for a moment about perhaps approaching the teacher and being like, hey, I don't remember coming in here. I don't think for a moment to just be like, girl, (laughs) none of this is worth it. None of this is worth your stress trying to cram because it don't matter. And even the college-minded me, the young 20s aged me, didn't think for a second to like just withdraw and try again next semester. The achiever in me could not imagine, could not fathom failing or starting over, or doing anything less than my best, even at the expense of my mental health, (laughs) of my well-being, of any sort of logic or common sense that should have come. Anything other than me trying to cram an hour before midterm None of that came, and I was just stuck scrambling in this dream, trying to figure out how I can maintain this level of achievement that I've set up for myself in the face of this teacher, of my classmates, but honestly, really, of myself of this subconscious expectation that I put on myself to achieve, to succeed, to not fail. How could you have forgotten a whole semester of a class? (laughs) It's not like you, Nancy. It's not like you to be this damn forgetful. It's not like you to have to think about withdrawing from anything. You fight. You push through. You give it your all, even when all the signs are telling you to just take a chill pill and start again. So I wake up from that dream. And I don't know if I've fully learned from it yet. I'm recovering from being an overachiever. But it's a constant process of recovery. Sometimes I give myself a chill pill. And then other times I find myself scrambling to study for a midterm that I somehow forgot about. I'm learning, but I hadn't quite figured it out yet.
You are listening to Dreaming in Color with Nancy B. Price, a podcast about Black people, dreams, and the lessons we learn from them. I'm your host, Nancy, and this week we're talking about the very real psychological effects of being an overachiever. And not just any overachiever, a Black overachiever. My guest this week is the lovely and incomparable Natalyn Bradshaw. Natalyn is a multidisciplinary artist and writer based in Southwest Virginia. A native of Atlanta, Georgia, she received a bachelor's degree in music from Dartmouth College in 1996. She worked as an opera singer through the remainder of her 20s and then as a music and voice teacher through her 30s. Along the way, she kept up a loose journaling practice that she started when she was young. And in 2008, she began to incorporate photography and art into that practice. Natalyn's mediums include photography, mixed media collage, painting, and poetry. And they're usually a combination of layered analog and digital pieces, which is what originally attracted me to her work. Natalyn and I met on the internet about two years ago. We both had the honor of being in the first cohort of a then new virtual artist residency hosted by the Dear Artist platform on Instagram. It was called Dear Artists with Anxiety, or DAWA for short, and each artist in residence would take over the Dear Artist platform for a week and share their journey, their process, or a project, and sometimes all three. It was on here where I became truly enamored with Natalyn's ability to use colors, collage, portraiture, and even words to share really beautiful and vulnerable parts of herself. And then, of course, from there, um, I'd comment on her stuff. She'd comment on mine. And we really just hit it off. (laughs) And we've been huge supporters of each other's work ever since then. Now, our conversation for the episode this week couldn't have come at a better time for me, as I've really been grappling with what achievement looks like for me in this new creative space and how I can keep myself sane instead of falling into the psychological pit, honestly, of being an overachieving Black woman. This intergenerational conversation between Natalyn, a Gen Xer, and myself, a young millennial, was one of community care and honestly healing that I really believe all of you at whatever stage of your life journey you're on right now um, can relate to. So with that said, dreamers, you already know what to do. For the last time this season, let's get settled in. Wherever you are right now, whether you're in the car, at home, on the job, hell, even on the job at home. (laughs) Find a place of comfort and grounding. Take a deep breath and enjoy my conversation with Natalyn. Okay, so I am here with my friend, Natalyn Bradshaw. Hi. Hello. How are you? Hey, all things considered, mm-hmm. I'm all right. So I'm happy about that. All right is good. Yes, uh, yes. 
Um, I first want to start off by uh, thanking you for being a guest on the show, on the podcast. I'm really, really excited and also honored um, to have you on here. So I just wanted to like, you know, do a little fangirling real quick. Oh, that's so sweet. I really appreciate you um, inviting me on. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And um, I'm really excited to get into this conversation because um, unlike um, other guests on my show, me and you have had like two or three um, pre-calls <laughs> before we yeah. finally yeah, we did. <laughs> got, uh, got to the point where we hit record. And so um, I am excited to um, go in depth with you about your experiences with dreams and um, your dream story that you're going to um, have for us today. I think that um, this one is going to be very particularly interesting um, because of just like you're, you know, we're in two different like uh, age locations of our lives, but I feel like the experiences that you're going to share are um, some that I am currently going through, have gone through. (laughs) It's just, there's a lot of um, connections there. So I'm really excited about that. Um, So as we get into it, I just want to go ahead and just ask you a question that I ask all of my guests. And it is, um, what is your relationship with dreams and dreaming? Well, my relationship has been... um, before I recognized that it was a relationship, it was it was very fruitful. And now that I recognize it as a relationship, I can see just how beneficial and just how fruitful it's mm-hmm. been. I didn't always know. I just thought it was interesting that I would have such vivid dreams. Like I've heard of people, I've heard people say like they don't dream in color, they dream in black and white. So like dreaming in color apparently wasn't... <laughs> You know, the name, the title of your podcast, it w- apparently was not mm. a common thing. And so I thought it was interesting that, well, no, my dreams have always been in color. I've never had a dream in black and white. And yeah, me they've always been pretty vivid. Yeah. And um, whenever I have awakened from a dream and can remember so many details, I've always found that to be very interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't happen every single time, but at some point in, I want to say, the mid-2000s, mid or late 2000s, um, I started just kind of noticing, hey, I wake up a lot and remember so many details. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until 2012, though, that I actually started writing them down. Like, in my phone, I would record my dreams um, and just... (sighs) be like little essays because I would remember so much stuff. And I'm like, why do I have such wild, wildly detailed and vivid dreams? Mm -hmm. And why do I remember all of this stuff? Because none of this stuff makes any sense. I mean, some of it makes sense, um, like worldly sense, like I'm doing things that make sense, but it doesn't make any sense. It's a completely different world in my head. Um, Places that I know are the places that I'm familiar with Mm -hmm. in my waking life they look completely different but somehow i just mentally know that they are those places because they don't look that way you know things like that so i always found that to be very interesting and i'm at a place now where i'm starting to put some pieces together like a puzzle i think i think i'm finding um more through lines um more than i had in the past um i noticed some recurring themes uh, several years ago, but now I think I'm finding some more through lines. I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. Oh, well, hey, wait, 
I wonder if this means something like this, or does this mean this, or does this mean that? Because let's face it, I think most people that have very vivid dreams have got to wonder like, hey, what does this mean? Yeah. This has got to mean something, you know? Right. So in that sense, it's like having almost like a conversation now. So I think that is the relationship. Yeah. And I think that's that's really, really cool. And I'm excited about it. You know, it's really cool that you, because um, I never thought about it like that before. Well, a couple of things that stood out to me. One, the the conversational aspect of your dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'm the same way. I have always had vivid dreams. And the type of dreams that I would have often like follow like a, they follow like a storyline. Like there's a beginning, a middle, you know, Ooh. the end kind of depends because if I'm like waking up halfway through the dream or something, did it end? Um mm-hmm. But um, your ability to like have have that sort of like conversational aspect with your dreams, I think is really cool um, because it's almost like you're, you know, having a conversation with your with yourself, essentially, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and talking about like, you know, what's going on, like subconsciously. And you mentioned like identifying like some through lines and, and common themes and everything. Can you talk more about like what you've kind of identified so far? Yes, yes. So um, just a couple of examples before we get to, I guess, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A, a more main meaty example um for a long time for several years i'd be en route to someplace like i would be in a vehicle going somewhere Mm -hmm. and i always just thought that was kind of odd um like oh i'm always i'm always driving in a car or in a van or i'm always moving i'm always on the move or i'm in the car with somebody um and then another uh recurring element um has been surrounding uh home so I've I've had a number of dreams where I have gone back to my last childhood home. So I had three childhood homes. Okay. Um, the first one that you know they brought me home from the hospital. You know, rest in peace, Atlanta Medical Center, Georgia, yeah. which was formerly known as Georgia <laughs> Baptist. It ain't it's closed oh, now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they just closed it in 2022, but that was where I was born. Mm-hmm. And so that um, from then until I was uh, almost 12. That's my first child at home. And then okay. we lived for a year in a condo in College Park. And that was my ch- second, I consider that a second child at home. Mm-hmm. And then my last home is where um, I finished growing up. I was, you know, I spent all of my uh, junior high school and high school years there and on, you know, t- through college. And so that's the home that I've gone to okay. um, a few times. Um, and sometimes, you know, both of my parents are deceased. Uh, my mother died in 2011. Sometimes when I go back to that home, my mother's still alive. And sometimes when I go back home, she's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's those are a couple of examples of just like, oh, this this thing is happening a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I am curious about, um, and I feel like I remember I may have asked someone else this question too, but it's the um, you know it's a common theme that I'm picking up on, so I'm just gonna ask the same question to you again: Is mm-hmm. um, what sort of like comes up for you whenever you think of like your childhood home, or just like what does it mean for you subconsciously or consciously? Yeah, yeah, that's that's an excellent question. I every time I wake up from a dream like that, and it's been a while since I've had a dream like that. But every time I wake up, um, 
I'm a little sad. I, I feel there is a very deep sense of longing that I feel when I wake up. Mm-hmm. I feel the sense of loss um, for a number of reasons, not just, you know, because my mother's no longer here. Um, so, you know, on very, on the surface level, it's like, oh, nostalgia or whatever, sure. but it is not that. There's a deep, deep longing. There's, um, there's definitely uh, that feeling of, oh my gosh, I miss my mom. I wish my mom was still here. Yeah. There's also a deep longing for, and this might be a little odd, but a deep longing for all of the things that we lost, also including the things that she lost, which I know is not even mm. really, that's not my burden. I, I know that at my big old age, I understand that now. Of course. Um, but still, it's just like, oh dear, there were so many things that she lost and we lost that she didn't have to Mm -hmm. and we didn't have to. It's just the nature of life and circumstances at the time were just very cruel. And there's like a sense of wishing there could be justice around that, Mm -hmm. uh, a, a sense of wishing that there could be some sort of recovery or restoration and so that also feeds into the longing, especially since she's no longer here. Um, so yeah, because all of my, the vast majority of my memories in that home are wonderful memories. There are some yeah. not great ones. Of course. Because I mean, that's just life. But the vast majority of my experience living in that home was pleasant and good mm-hmm. and wonderful. And of course now, so many years later, I understand those are formative years. It wasn't just the years of my childhood that were formative. Yeah. Those also were extremely formative years. Because, I mean, let's face it, I was still a child. So having all of those wonderful memories and then having attached to that, that sense of loss in those circumstances, mm-hmm. that is a very wild soup of sorts that I yes. can still feel the taste mm-hmm. in the back of my throat when I wake up, you know. <laughs> that That's a very beautiful... Um, not not met but yeah like, oh gosh it's almost like it's almost like i'm beginning to forget the taste right and Ooh. i feel like it's being taken wow mm-hmm. um that's that's a very beautiful way of explaining it um not you know not to say that you're like your experiences with loss and pain are like b- beautiful and maybe i mean i'll i'll let you oh, know. oh i understand but just, i understand what you're what you're getting yeah at. your use of of words and language to describe it i think is um it's amazing. It's gorgeous. It really is. And <laughs> thank and you. thank you for sharing that, um, sharing that with me. I know it's not like a, a direct dream related question, but that really did have me curious. So I appreciate you being open with me in that regard. Oh yeah, yeah. certainly. Certainly. I didn't know that I was going to be this um, open to talking about this, but <laughs> yeah, like, I think it's, I think it's good to be open when the openness is available, you know? Yeah, of course. And I'm glad I was able to, you know, cultivate a space for you to be open. So that yeah. makes me feel good. <laughs> you have 100% done that. You definitely did that. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to um, steer the conversation towards your, towards your dream story a little bit by asking okay. um, what was uh, sort of like 
going on in your life around the time that you had um had this dream or just the 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 through line. I can't remember if you're talking if you're telling one dream or two dreams, <laughs> but it's tiny bits of yeah. two different dreams. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. Yes. Yeah. So um what was going on in your life during that time, like leading up to those so hmm, what was going on is um Give me just a moment. I have mm-hmm. to look back at my screenshot so I can see the date. Okay. So I'm just going to scroll to my, <laughs> my <laughs> photos here. Um, so this was, uh, that was in 2014. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, 2013 and 2014. So in 2013, <clears throat> um, I was in the midst of a pretty serious depressive spell that year. 2013, I spent the vast majority of the year um, deeply depressed. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just one of those years that, you know, you look back on and you're like, yeah, that was, that was a shitty year. It was awful. Yeah. Um, so that was what was going on in 2013. Interestingly enough, in 2014, um, the year started off a little bit lighter. I was not, I feel like I was coming out of that depressive spell mm-hmm. um, during the winter time. So like in January uh, or whatever. And then um, the, the Atlanta uh, snow apocalypse happened that, that year, <laughs> uh, the beginning. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> you know, the, the, the walking dead, like Ooh, the image, it's like all of the free, the freeway was like the parking lot. Um, my husband yeah. got caught out there, not in that particular spot, but I remember the the day that it happened. He he uh, he they they closed work early, and so he left at noon. But it was such a harrowing experience getting twenty minutes from his job to our house, which normally took forty five minutes anyway because of traffic. Right. He did not walk into the door until like eleven thirty that night. And he'd had to, he had to leave our van like a mile away um, and walk the rest of the way. So that was, that happened the beginning of that year. (laughs) But by the end of, (laughs) it was wild. What a time. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh, what a time that was. Oh my God. Um, That's hilarious. Like I didn't even, you know, until I looked at the date that I recorded this, that I wrote this dream. And I was like, oh, wow, that was, Mm -hmm. that was during that time or that was that year. Um, So in February, it might have been at the very end of January, actually, he got a call offering him a new job. And he decided to take it. And that was the year that was the job he has now. And so 2014 is the year that we moved from Georgia to Virginia. Mm-hmm. It was actually, you know, from start to finish, a very transformative year. And, a you know, a good year, overall good year, much mm-hmm. better than, uh, than 2013. So that's what was going on in my life Mm -hmm. from deep, deep depression. uh, Lots of really like garbage dump circumstances, just life, life be life, be life. My bestie always says life be life. (laughs) It be life. (laughs) And it was life and all over my ass. Right. So it was that. And then going to, but Hey, um, here's a silver lining and your life is about to completely change in mm-hmm. all the ways. And here you go. So that's what was going on. Wow. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> I am ready to just like sit back 
and and let you tell your dream story um with this with this little bit of context that you that you provided for us i appreciate it but um all right i'm gonna lean back and stop talking and give you the floor oh okay well i since i wrote these down um i'm just going to to read them and so that'll be fairly quick now i had this dream on july 8th 2013 because i recorded it on the 9th um says, I pulled up in the driveway of the row house. It was one of those houses that has the driveway in the back with the garage at the bottom and the two stories on top. As soon as I pulled up, I noticed another guy with a blue SUV like mine pull up, pulled in behind me so I couldn't get out. The guy looked like my husband. I didn't get out of the car. This whole time I could hear my daughter talking to a lady. They were not with me. My daughter was older. She was telling the lady that I had gone back to school and gotten another bachelor's degree, this one in art, from SCAD. The lady said, oh, so now she has two bachelor's degrees? My daughter said, no, actually, she has three, one Mm -hmm. in music, one in Spanish, and one in art. She explained that I only had a few more credits to complete a Spanish major, so I did. She then told her, now she's going back to get her master's degree. I remember what, wondering what field of study I was going to take, music, art, or education. Um, and that's, there are a few more minute details after that, but that's the, that's the meat of it. Mm-hmm. And then on uh, this dream I had on January 16th, 2014, I dreamed that my family and I had gone to visit my old college. It was my 15-year class reunion. I was so excited because I was finally able to show them where I went to college. We started out in the music department. I went into one of the old classrooms by myself. I looked at all of the computers. Some were older than I thought they would still be using, and other stations were empty, obviously, for people to bring their own laptops, which was what I expected. I went back outside and met up with my family again and asked my husband if he had gone inside Dartmouth Hall. I was talking about it like he had been there before. He said, not yet, and we walked toward there. There was some sort of skit going on in the yard, and we watched some of it. I took pictures because there were famous people in the small audience watching it, uh, including a former president, uh, an actress, um, a couple of actors. Then we crossed the green to the other side of campus. We were in a dorm room, but the dorm was more like a hotel. We were chatting with uh, a worship leader from our old church <laughs> and his wife because they were staying in that room. I don't remember that part. Once we left, we walked through another dorm and I showed my husband some of the rooms and they were much nicer than what I remembered. I guess this was a new dorm with much bigger and nicer rooms. Some had balconies. We walked through one room and back out into the street and I started getting my family together to pose in front of a building so that I could take a picture. There was music playing in the background almost the entire dream, but I can't remember what it was. So that's, um, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Natalyn, I think it is so cool that you reread your, like your dream journal, that entry, like in its rawest form. Nobody has done that on the show yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So it's definitely giving like, you know, dream, like in its raw state, this is how it was. This is how I, I remembered it. Yeah. Like without like, yeah. yeah. And stuff. So that's cool. Thank you for that. First of all, <laughs> it's giving living history, baby. Okay. Living history. Let me tell you. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, um, in listening to <laughs> you tell your dream story, it reminded me of one of our conversations that we had um, about like your relationship with um, with education and achievement. Mm -hmm. um, can you mm -hmm. talk to me about about that and sort of like how it showed up for you in your dream? Yes. So um, at the time when I recorded this, these dreams, um, as I said earlier, I was just recording them because I felt that it was important because I always had such vivid dreams and I always remembered so much detail of them. That was the only reason I was writing them down. Um, in the back of my mind, I had an inkling that, oh, well, maybe it means something, right? <laughs> right. Um, but I didn't really know what. It was just a lot of stuff. So I, at the time, I thought, so, wow, I just, I just remember a lot about college. Well, there you go. Yeah. Because I'm always going back to college in my dreams. Several, I had a handful of dreams where I went back to college or I was back in that area or I was living back there again. And that was it. And mm -hmm. just being on campus or even being off campus and also a lot of times in my car driving somewhere or living in a small apartment there. Um, I just thought, well, yeah, those again, you know, the, to use the term formative years in a way, those were formative years for my very, very young adult self. Um, and those were the years that I was, you know, getting air quotes, educated, you know, the way <laughs> we're prescribed to be educated, right? So right. I was doing all the things I was supposed to do. And I had some fairly decent, um, I had a fairly decent experience. It wasn't all decent, but again, kind of like with childhood home, not that high a percentage, but still like 70%, 75%. My overall experience at school was, was pleasant and positive. Mm -hmm. So I just thought, well, yeah, there you go. I guess I just have really good memories of that. And so I'm always yeah. going there in my dreams, maybe because I'm, you know, having a really hard time through life right now. So I'm just remembering something more pleasant, even though there were more pleasant things, I guess, to remember. And I was never really doing anything, any of the dreams. It's like, I'm going to the food court. Like, dude, what's, what's going on? <laughs> like, there's nothing important happening right now. So I don't know how this would be comforting. But that's all I thought at the time. Mm -hmm. I now think a little differently. Um, and I think in our first conversation that we had, our first call, I said, um, you know, as the years went by and I started thinking more about meaning, I started to kind of think, maybe I'm always going back to school in my dreams because there's something that I still need to learn. Right. Um, and so I, that's where I was at for a number of years. And that's where I'm still at with the added part of, I think I know what it is I'm supposed to be learning, or mm -hmm. I think I'm in the midst of learning it, like in real life. Mm -hmm. What are you learning? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> like, yes. And what is it? Yes. Keep going. I'm excited. <laughs> it's like, keep talking, girl. I, sometimes I, I like to, I like to, uh, Pause for dramatic effect. No, no, not for Come dramatic on. effect. Just because sometimes dramatic. I can get long-winded. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I've, maybe I've been talking for too long. So let me just go ahead and stop in case she needs to ask another question. But no, what I think I'm learning, um, and this, uh, you know, that I, I, I tend to use certain words uh, multiple times in conversations. So I'm using this word again. Um, I'm learning something transformative, I think, right now. Mm. I mean, to be determined, you know, uh, stay tuned. Um, but I do think it is transformative. And what I am learning is 
and this is a hands-on learning kind of thing. This is not, this is not book. This is not even super esoteric. This is a hands-on thing. I am in the midst of untangling my own sense of worth from what I have done or not done in my life. Now, mm. I already know in my head that I'm worthy regardless. And of course. My productivity and this, that, and the other, that doesn't determine my worth. But I, only, I guess I only really know it up here because there's still some stuff going on down here that I'm having to untangle. And that, I, I do think that is why I went back to college so many times um, over the years. It has been at least... I would say maybe four years because time does has done a very weird thing since the pandemic. I know that since this decade has started, I have not had any dreams where I went back to college and I hadn't had any before that. So I would want to say it's been at least four years, if not longer that I've had any dreams where I've gone back to college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm taking the number of dreams that I had, um, which is probably between I don't know, between five and 10 over that year period for starting in 2012. Before that, it probably was more and I just didn't record it. Mm -hmm. So maybe between five and 10 times, I'm taking all of those dreams and that data and thinking about, wow, you, you think there's still some sort of I don't know. There's still some sort of value in you achieving X, Y, Z. And the hard pill to swallow is not, it's not that I don't believe that I'll ever achieve the things that I'm wanting to achieve. It's not that at all. I do still believe it, but I have spent my entire adult life really hanging all of, all of my hopes on achieving the XYZ to the point where when I wanted to achieve X, because that's literally what I went to school for, was literally what I had told I had the talent and gifting for. It's literally what I have always, I had always believed I had the talent and gifting for. And watching myself work myself into a frenzy trying to make that happen especially as a single mom and watching everything just kind of fall apart and not pan out the way I wanted it to. So, Oh, well, goodbye X. All right. Let me try and achieve Y. So pivot. Let's figure out a different dream. Okay. Here's the Y dream and trying as I may through every angle, like, having plans A through Z to, to achieve dream Y because dream X didn't pan out. And then that just still doesn't pan out. It just doesn't work. And by now I'm no longer a single mom. I'm married again and I have more children. Okay, that didn't work out. Let's, all right, let's go ahead and pivot to Z. Let's see if we can get, didn't get X, didn't get Y. Let's try and do Z. Mm-hmm. And Z is where I'm at right now, mm-hmm. trying to achieve G- dream Z. Um, which still has elements of dream Y and dream X and facing a very kind of existential question of like, what if it doesn't work, girl? Like, what if, 
you know, what's she gonna do? You've always dreamed of, you've always had lofty dreams ever since you were a child. Well, what if the lofty dream isn't it? Mm-hmm. What if where you're where you're at right now is okay? Um, what if what you have right now is okay? You love what you have right now, right? Yeah, I do. You like where you're at right now? Actually, yeah, I do. Do you like mm-hmm. who you are right now? Actually, yeah, I'm actually mm-hmm. growing quite fond of who I am right now. <laughs> so what if that's enough? And what if that was all it was meant to be? And I'm going to be, I'm going to keep it real. I'm not. comfortable Mm -hmm. with that, um, with that notion that, oh, maybe that's it. And so, well, why aren't you comfortable with that? Why isn't this enough? That's like, that's what I'm in class for right now. That's what I'm like, oh, I got to learn what's going on with me to make me feel like, no, this is all great. Um, but I'm really going to be low key, high key, highest of low keys. I'm going to be a little salty if I don't get the icing on the cake. Yeah. Too. Yeah, of course. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, long winded or not, you have something to say and I ain't want to interrupt. So girl, <laughs> everything. So I apologize, said. but also thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. All of that, all of that. Um, and listening, uh, to you um I feel like I just got I, I was sitting in on like a inner processing uh thing right now um listening to you process all of this it reminds me of a time in my life where um I too was um and you know I, I be achieving or whatever but at that mm-hmm. time I was like I was a overachiever I was type mm-hmm. a looking back on it now I realized that I was an incredibly anxious kid but my anxiety manifested in overachieving so like getting mm-hmm. you know being part of everything making A's on everything being loved by the teachers yep. and everything not like I was going out of my mm-hmm. way to make the teachers like me they just liked me you know and I fed right it. right and um going through uh high school and college um, with that achievement mentality and applying that to at the time, which was going off to medical school and being like a doctor, because to me, I equated that as like the ultimate like achievement, the smart black girl achievement was going yes. to medical school. If it wasn't medical school, it was law school, you know. And- That's what it was for me <laughs> at, at first. Yep. Yes. Law. Uh-huh. It was law for you or meds? Yes. Yes. That's why I went to Dartmouth. I thought mm. I was going to eventually go to law school. I ended mm. up getting there and mm. not, not. <laughs> majoring in music. <laughs> well, like, as no, far as you can law go school, I'm law. not doing that. <laughs> I'm a saying. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. <laughs> and, you know, I went to Mercer because they had, you know, I mean, they were a good school, but also they had a medical school and I would just like, be like, you know, easy transition. Um, but That's my right. senior year, so it's like I had did all that work pre-med. I was part of clubs and did mission trips and all that kind of stuff. And then senior year, I changed my mind and I didn't know what I was changing it to. I just knew that I Ooh. didn't want to be a doctor. And um, ever since then, like, you know, my life has, you know, done some big things. Um, I've yeah. made some changes in my life, um, especially over the past year. But there's still this little piece of me. 
um, that looks at my peers and the ones who I, you know, was in genetics class with and went to these conferences with and everything. And they're doctors, they're dentists and everything like mm-hmm. that. And there is a sense of like, dang, how they have achieved. Right, right. <laughs> you know, they, right. they, and I think for me, it's like they stuck to what they said they wanted to do. And did it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it was really hard for me because I I changed my mind a couple of times and I'm still right. working toward what I'm trying to do, which honestly, I don't you know, I'm still trying to figure that out for myself, you know, yeah, I, you know, at my big little age. <laughs> yes, because your 20s, your your 20s just ended, right? Yep. I just turned you, 30. Oh. oh, don't look at me like that. <laughs> No, I'm a I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. And you're so right. Like you're just starting. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Just I'm just starting. starting. And I gotta give myself a little grace in that regard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that you said you said um they stuck to what they said they were gonna do. And I'm like, yeah. For some of them that probably that probably is right. I wonder how many of them stuck to what was expected of them oh that's true yeah that's a good point and and there's the rub because sometimes there are countless people out here that go through their entire lives doing the things because that's what's expected of them Mm -hmm. and i don't believe for one second that those people are truly happy um, because they've never asked themselves yeah, but what do you want? What do you want to do? Um, I at least, not that I'm not better than anybody, but I know that when I got to school at the end of my freshman year, I was like, I don't want to take economics classes. I don't want to be a corporate lawyer. I don't want to go to law school. I don't want to do none of that. And I had been saying I want to do that since I was in the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I like my music classes. I like doing my voice lessons. I like singing. I've been singing since I was in the sixth grade. Oh, well, before that, singing in church and, as a kid. That's what I'm going to do because I get a lot of joy out of that. Mm-hmm. So I, I at least pivoted to what I actually wanted. Mm. The, the problem, and again, here's me processing. And it's like, oh, this is what you're learning, Natalie. Um, the problem is once I pivoted, I still took all of these other prescribed ways of achieving a thing. Um, In other words, other invisible (laughs) people's or society's expectations. And I placed that on the thing that I wanted to do. It's like, Mm. okay, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to be an opera singer. I'm, I'm a, I also love singing jazz. One of my jobs in school was was singing. I had a gig, a standing uh, a standing gig, singing jazz on the weekends. I loved doing that. Um, I loved it. It's like I'm going to be an opera singer. I'm going to be the first black woman <laughs> to sing X Y Z role at the Metropolitan yeah. Opera. That, that I'm going to La Scala. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm okay. going to Covent Garden because Gen <laughs> X. It's like yeah, I'm going to be the I'm going to be the first. I'm going to do. Oh God. And it's like. Why couldn't you just do like regional theater? And don't get me wrong, I did. I did do regional theater mm-hmm. um, for a while in Atlanta, but it was just never enough. And it's like, was it never enough because you thought 
it doesn't equal achievement unless it's the highest achievement? Mm -hmm. Is it because you want to be seen? Because maybe there, maybe I do want to be seen. I don't want to be perceived. I really do want to be left alone. I don't want people in my <laughs> business. I, if I could be famous, it'd be like Daft Punk, you know, like the, the, mask, the mask. It's like everybody knows on. who I am, but they don't know why I but look they don't like. know so who when me. I'm on the street, yeah. ain't nobody bothering me. Exactly. That's it. So, but it's like, oh, <laughs> do you want to be seen so that everyone can see that you're achieving the really cool thing of doing what you want to do instead of what other people's people expected of you? So instead of being a lawyer, you're this jet setting, high flying, opulent opera singer who can also sing all kinds of other things. Is that really what you want? You want other people to see you doing that mm. instead of just doing the thing and being happy that you're able to do it because you still got a roof over your head. Those are the, those are the questions. Um, and I've done that with all kinds of things. I've done that with my artwork. I've done that with my writing, everything. Like, why does it have to be some Mount Everest level of achievement? Why can't it just be a slow burn? Why can't it be just... Um, connecting horizontally with as many people as you can, mm -hmm. even if it's, that's like 10 people. Um, what if, what, why can't it just be that? Why does it always have to be, nope, that skyscraper, that, that, that tallest skyscraper in New York City, that's me. Yeah. That's me, bitch. And you don't <laughs> see it. It's like, why does it have to be that? Yeah. <laughs> why can't you be this area that you live in right now mm -hmm. where all you see are like the mountains around you and you're nestled in this, in this spot yeah. where you're kind of hidden in plain sight and you're very comfy and cozy. So though that's where I'm at with, with all of the things. Um, because like I said, I'm on dream Z. I have very lofty dreams for my artwork and everything and all these things I want to achieve. And it's like, dude, are you going to be okay? If none of that happens, like you're going to keep, plugging away at it, but are you going to be all right? Really? If none of that happens, do you still recognize that you've had some impact on people? Do you recognize that you're still deeply loved? Do you have children that you love and who love you? You have a family that you love and who loves you. Um, are you going to be okay if, if that's it? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the hard question right now. And I'm having to be honest with myself because like yeah. I said, it's it's a struggle. It's an internal struggle because I can say all the right words right now and say, well, of course I'm going to be fine. Of course this is great. Um, but deep down, I know there's a part of me. It's like, yeah, but mm -hmm. yeah, but also, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm having to answer all the questions. Like, what is that about, though, girl? Like, why mm -hmm. why is that going on? And there's a lot of stuff underneath there going on. It's absolutely. like absolutely. Absolutely. It's a giant box of stuff that I'm having to just kind of unpack now. Like mm -hmm. you were saying about um, being a very anxious kid. I didn't know that I struggled with anxiety um, as a child, but I obviously did because I still do. Of course. There is a possibility that I'm neurodivergent because I have kids that I'm about 90% certain <laughs> are neurodivergent. So like, they had to get that from somewhere. They probably got it from me. So, and I'm thinking about all of the ways in which, you know, oh, you know, being in a gifted program in one county, but not testing well enough Come to be on. in a gifted program <laughs> in a white county. <laughs> ah, what a and then time not doing that was. All, all that mm -hmm. stuff, all of that stuff. So overachieving to make up for, yeah. overachieving to look, be accepted. Oh, mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Yeah, that is um, quite a knot that we tie ourselves into. So yeah, I'm having to untangle that knot. 
mm-hmm. and unpack the box. I use a lot of metaphors, you know, just pick it's and beautiful. choose which one I love works it. great love for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I know that it's a lot of um, dealing and, and processing that you're doing right now, but I do want to let you know that it, it is inspiring for me um, because it, it makes me which I'm in the middle of processing right now, just dealing with trying to figure out how to frame the sentence. But it reminds me that, you know, the the processing, the unpacking never like completely ends regardless of what age that you're doing it at. And so don't feel so pressured to feel like you have to, you're going to reach a point where you ain't got to heal or process shit else. <laughs> that you have you have achieved the highest epitome of processing and you ain't gotta do shit else you know um because you know for me especially in the um in the business that I am now it's just like I'm starting off I'm still you know I've been working for a while and I'm starting off and the idea is to grow the idea is to Mm -hmm. you know gain like the level of financial independence and like you know notoriety Mm -hmm. and everything um but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, girl, like, you know, once you reach reach a point, you know, how I mean, how like you were saying, how comfortable are you going to be with everybody knowing your name? Beyonce can't go to Walmart. You know, she might want some no. blackberries that only Walmart can sell and she can't go in there and grab them. She got to get Julius or somebody to do it. And so you she know, do <laughs> it just she really it, do. It really does put some um, some things into perspective for me as it I'm does. sort of working through dealing with like, you know the the lifestyle that I'm working toward and everything and, and just sort of like reminds me to you know um stay present understand that every you ain't gonna you know heal or you might not be the most notorious collage artist storyteller person or whatever but like at the end of the day like you know are you okay with you regardless of your like whatever you achieve and everything yeah yeah and I love that you said that about um regardless of your age, it doesn't matter. Like you're always going to be processing something. And that's, that's a potent reminder, even just for me in this moment. Cause I've said it, I've said it dozens of times. I have said it dozens of times. It's like, and I hear myself say it, but then I gotta, mm. it's like, Oh, <laughs> will you take your own advice? Will you listen to yourself? Please. <laughs> you say it stuff to everybody else, but I've said it so many times. There is no destination. Yes. The journey, the process, that's it. Mm-hmm. and being in it is it so no of course there is no mount everest i would like in real life i see other people doing that mess. Child, I'm like, nope not for it. me i am not trying to be at- <laughs> not for me no ma'am no ma'am y'all be cavaliers frick with your lives i'm okay. not doing that not doing that's that weird. just i you could fly me over it in a helicopter i take some pictures be like look i saw mount everest that's all i would need i am not doing no kind of climbing nobody's peak of nothing i'm not doing it so it's like why is it always like once i get this mm. once i make it here oh this has never been done before oh watch me do it well just read me the <laughs> lord like what on earth what in oh my gosh what in the african-american world am i doing with my mm. life when everything is like got to be this thing yeah. i'm i have a sneaky suspicion that it is tied into uh, internalized white supremacy and patri- patriarchy and capitalism and all that stuff all of it so um yeah let's repel that as far as we can 
And let's do some healing around that. I've done mm-hmm. a lot of healing around other things. So this is the healing work that I'm engaged exactly. in right now, while also still engaging in my creative practices. You know, I'm never going to stop singing. I'm never going to stop making art. I'm never going to stop writing. And I've told my oldest kid, who's now 26, and who is also an artist and a filmmaker, I'm like, wow. if yeah. I've never made a dime off of this, I'd still be doing it. I'm still, I'm always be doing this. So that is, you know, let, let me spend more time remembering that and being okay with that than I do wondering what if and mm-hmm. how long is it going to take me to get there? Oh my gosh, can I make, let me spend more time just being, like you said, being present because mm-hmm. the present is really all we got. The past has already happened and who knows, we might not get tomorrow, but we've got this moment. So let me be, present and enjoy my life as I am right now, what I have right now. Again, something I tell, I tell my kid all the time (laughs) and I'm starting to tell my younger kids. I'm like, Hey, you need to, mommy needs to listen to mommy's own advice. Yeah. That's really beautiful. And it's, it's real cool now because like, you know, you, your kids, your kids are starting to age up and have to start like processing and dealing with like their own sort of things. And so, mm-hmm. um, you being that, um, that, um, example, that voice, um, for them as you process your own stuff too, um, I think is something that's, uh, it's really beautiful and encouraging. So, um, I'm glad that you, that you mentioned them in, in their, ways of like, um, you know, how they're going to start like going through life and everything. Yeah. Cause yeah. life is, yeah, life is beautiful. That's, you know, I'm a Sagittarius. So I'm always going to be more or less a glass half full kind of person, mm-hmm. but I'm also strongly Saturnian. So life is hard. <laughs> <laughs> life is hard as fuck. It is hard. It is hard. Um, So all we've, like I said, all we've got are these moments. And if we can find a way to enjoy ourselves where we're at and enjoy our lives where we're at, given how hard life is, especially for those of us who live in marginalized identities, identities that shouldn't be marginalized, but are, Mm -hmm. um, that in itself is the win because that's the thing that, we aren't even supposed to do. We aren't supposed to be able right. to enjoy our lives like that. Um, but I think that's what we are meant to do. I think that's what we deserve. I think that is part of um, where our worth is, just being able to enjoy existence. And I know that that's not easy for everybody because you and I both, we both struggle with mental health challenges, all kinds of things. So I know it's not just some, I'm not trying to sound super Pollyanna here, mm-hmm. but I am saying that for me, at least, it is a form of medicine, you know, and I agree with people that say it's a form of resistance. It definitely is. Because again, we're not supposed to, yeah. we're supposed to be miserable um, so that other folks can feel better about themselves. Um, and I just refuse. I, I don't want to do that. Especially, I, I mean, if if anybody's gonna do something out of spite, it's gonna be me. So if you want okay. me to be a miserable bitch, <laughs> watch me be the exact opposite. Okay. <laughs> so, but also, just for myself, I want to really 
be engaged with my own life and enjoy it and see the wonder and beauty in the things that I'm doing, the things that I'm creating just for the sake of that, not for some by the by the pie in the sky kind of nebulous would be want to be future. I want to live in my future right now where it is right now and be really happy um, and feel that sort of peace and joy, which I do feel on a really regular basis. And that's so phenomenal because that hasn't been the case for most of my life. So I need to be able to recognize that. So maybe I'm going to pass one of these classes because I feel like that could have been a paper and that could have been an A+. Plus. Here, look at me recovering over at Chiva. That's Is an A+. Plus. Come on. <laughs> Not you grading yourself, please. Right. Listen, recovering overachiever, recovering perfectionist. I have to tell mm. myself over and over again, this is not a competition, Adeline. This is not a challenge. You're not going to get a trophy for this. You're not going to get a certificate. No, no, no. I'm like, am I at least going to get paid? It's like, you might not, girl. So look. Oh, <laughs> well, let me be the one to go ahead and just give you your um, honorary gold star sticker <laughs> for this conversation. <laughs> I love it. Um, Natalie, my heart is full. And Mine too. Um, this conversation um and honestly like every every time we hop on a call and talk I feel like I feel the same way after all of our conversations and this one is no different um I feel like I've learned so much usually I ask like what's a big takeaway but I feel like you you've been spitting them out before I was even able to ask a question <laughs> well see I'm glad now my long witness <laughs> feels like it had some purpose you've been answering questions this whole time ain't even realize it see <laughs> So good, good. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm well, glad. Um, to prevent this episode from turning into a two-hour-long uh, shindig, I'm going <laughs> to end the conversation here. Um, <laughs> but I do want to give you a chance to um, to share uh, with the listeners, um, with the dreamers, um, oh, anything yeah. that um, if you want to plug or you want them to like follow you on social media or anything like that, I'm going to give you the floor to do that now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, funny thing, I am stepping back more from social media. Um, I am on Instagram and my, my, my username is NP and as in Nancy P <laughs> Bradshaw. I literally say that when I spell my name for people, I'm like, N is in Nancy. Oh. Um, I, I've done that for years and years and years. Uh, so NP Bradshaw is where you can find me. Um, and at least uh, until March, you can see the kind of work that I do. Uh, by some point in March, I will be archiving all of that. I'll still be sharing things on Instagram, but it won't be um, it won't be that sort of creative work. Um, it'll be a little fluffier. Not that fluffy is wrong, but it's just going to be mostly fluff. <laughs> it's going to be like, oh, my planner. Look at my new planner. Look at my new markers that I got. You know that kind of thing. Um, so I am slowly pivoting to uh, being more engaged with just my email list and also starting a Substack, which I should have kind of up and running. Um, it should be up and running already because <laughs> I forgot. March, <laughs> duh. Um, we're in March. So I've got a Substack and it's called The Slow Progression. 
So you can go to my Instagram um, and the link is in that bio and you can subscribe. I have two tiers. One is the Twinkles level, which is $5. And one is the Sparkles level, which is $10. And you can see all of the nice twinkly and sparkly things um, I offer to the folks that want to follow along with me as I slowly progress through creating things that I've had on my to-do list to create for many years. <laughs> um, so that's it. And then, uh, yeah, also you can opt in to be on my email list. I am not one of those people that sends a lot of emails. It's, it's bi-monthly, oh, sorry, bi-weekly not bi-monthly not every two months could go oh lord bi-weekly at the most so you're not going to be getting a bunch of spam in your mm. your inbox um but that is where i'll share a lot of just what my creative process has been looking like you know for that period and i'm in the midst of um a self-portrait project that i've been doing for Come. six years now so you'll be able to see that. You'll be able to see samples of my writing. You'll be able to see bits out of my art journals, larger bits of art that I'm making, uh, photos. Um, you'll get all of that when you subscribe. And then there'll be extra stuff for my for my substackies. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> well, I will be sure to um, link all that information in the episode description um, so that the listeners can uh, go ahead and get all of their uh, NP Bradshaw life <laughs> in hey. whatever capacity that they can um, that they can get it. So um, with that, Natalie, with that said, we did it. We did it. This was wonderful. <laughs> I absolutely enjoyed this. Loved oh, it so much. Of course. Same here. Um, again, thank you so much for um, for agreeing to be uh, a guest on the show. I'm sure we're going to be in contact soon. Both yes. On oh, the we, internet we certainly and, are. Okay. <laughs> so we certainly are. This is definitely not a goodbye. It's a, you know, see you next week. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> but, Absolutely. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, have a lovely, wonderful, beautiful day. Same to you. You are absolutely luminous. I love what you're doing. And I'm really, really honored that I got to be a part of it. I appreciate you. to thank Natalie Bradshaw for sharing her dream story and really a piece of her life story with us. You can follow Natalie's work on Instagram at npbradshaw, as well as her newly created Substack, which will be linked in the description of this episode. I'd also like to thank all of you dreamers. Thank you so much for your listens, your downloads, your words of encouragement, your comments, as well as just your support in general. I started this show last year because I simply wanted to tell dream stories and create a space for other people like me to share their own dream stories. And a year later, almost to the day actually, that mission has not changed. 
And it's really been beautiful and gratifying to see the show start to take on a little life of its own with each episode. To everyone who is a guest on this season, thank you again for deciding to share your conscious and subconscious lives with me. And I hope that each episode honored you as well as your story in the best way possible. If you like what you've heard this season, let me know, please rate the show, leave a review. And of course, be sure to follow the show on Instagram at Dreaming in Color Pod to stay up to date on the goings on of the show, as well as future season three announcements. You can also follow me, your host on Instagram at Nancy B. Price to stay abreast of all the things I do outside of the podcast, including my art, storytelling and writing. All right. (laughs) We did it, y'all. Give yourself a round of applause or maybe even a nap. (laughs) Whatever tickles your fancy on this day, go do that. And with that said, I'm going to take my own advice and sign off on another season of Dreaming in Color with Nancy B. Price. I love each and every one of you. Take care of yourselves. We'll talk again real soon. Peace.